Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the program. Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim Wildman is my name with Ed Vitagliano and Steve Jordahl now joins us. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Um, we're still talking about what happened last night across the country, in particular in Virginia, uh, where the Republicans swept statewide races and governor, lieutenant governor, and attorney general. True, mm-hmm. Steve? It is It is true. Yeah, Virginia is turning red. They've been red-pilled, as it, as they say. And I well, know you guys talked to, uh, played a couple of African-Americans who voted, who Democrats who voted for him. Um, who voted for who? For Youngkin. Youngkin. They voted Republican. They voted Republican, across right, the board. right. Well, um, I'll tell you what. Uh, if you were to, if you look at the map, the state of Virginia, it's almost, it's 90% red. I'm talking about the geographical map, county by county, county by yeah. county. That's the same thing with the electoral map uh, for presidents. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, Republican voters are, a lot of them are rural. And so they live in counties that aren't densely populated like New York City, L.A. or Chicago. Oh, yeah. But here's what I'm getting at. If, uh, and we've talked about this before, the only, the only way that the Democrats have been able to gain a majority in Virginia, and now that's flipped. If they didn't have those three suburban D.C. counties there to go all Democrat, uh, that, that would be a... It'd be a red state. A pretty deeply red state. Right. Uh, so, Are you saying we'd be better off without Trenton, and then by uh, <laughs> by by some by extension, maybe Chicago, Dallas, and no, uh, I just LA I, I think it'd be a great idea for Washington D.C. to annex. There you go. These three Virginia counties that vote blue every time. I think that would be take them out of Virginia, out of Virginia politics. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. But um, you know, that's really. That big one, one pocket of uh, that's now, true r- in a lot of states. R- Richmond, I think Richmond goes blue. Richmond proper, uh, but uh, there aren't a lot of not a lot of ri- not a lot of blue right places across the state of Virginia. If you look at the map there, all right, Steve. Do we do we know anything about no, uh, no, uh, New Jersey yet? No, still. Uh, still okay, I quit asking. Call. I asked Fred three times. <laughs> That's okay. And this probably going to—I mentioned when we when Tim asked this the last time—that um, there's probably going to be a recount anyway. I, I don't know what the threshold is, but most states in elections like this, if they're if they're within a certain amount of votes, an automatic recount is triggered, whether one asks for it or not. Yeah, I, I think I don't I don't think it's going to be an automatic recount. I was looking at one article that said that either candidate will probably yeah. ask for one. Sure. Because it'll it's going to be down to hundreds of votes. Yeah. Of hey, last night I was channel flipping. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Absolutely. I've done that. We're guys, aren't we? That's what. I, I, yeah, I asked that with my tongue firmly in yeah. my cheek. I knew exactly the answer I was going to get. Do we? We're professional channel flippers. <laughs> what do you mean no. here? What? Ex- 
<laughs> decades and decades of experience. That's right. Practice. We makes perfect. We we even go back to the days of channel flipping when your dad said from the from his uh, lounge chair, "Hey, go over there and turn the channel." Yep. Huh? I've said on the air that I was you my dad's that, remote right? control <laughs> on on Sundays because we're talking we, about in the '60s, right? It, well, the, the '60s and into the '70s when I was still still in high school. Uh, we were not raised Christians. We weren't Christians. We didn't go to church. On Sunday when football games came on, I was on the floor a few feet away from the TV, uh, laying down on one arm. I'd watch TV, and we would flip from whatever it was, like NBC to CBS. You had your three, three or four choices. The two football games, he would say, hey, flip over to the other game when the commercial came on. I'd reach over, turn the <laughs> channel, lay back down. And that's, I was my dad's remote hey, control. I got one up on you right there. Yeah. And a lot of people are going to identify with this too, baby boomers. But when we went, we went to my grandmother's house, <clears throat> she lived way out in the country. Okay. I know where you're going with this. I, I know where I'm going with this. I think I do too. <laughs> my grandmother lived way out in the country in Northeast Mississippi. I mean, the, you know, the old expression, live so far out in the country, they had to pump sunshine in. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, so she had like like a lot of folks who lived out in the country. They had the antenna. Yeah. Well, uh, it was always the kid, right? Yeah. The kid or kids, usually the who was told to go out there and turn the antenna. Get up you mean on the roof. What you uh, turn the antenna? Well, by I didn't hand? have to, I didn't have to get up on the roof, but I'm talking about. Well, that, I knew that's where he was going. You, it would run down the side, and you oh. could turn it from. So it was a metal pole. Yeah, oh. that had the you had the antenna on top of the metal pole, uh, which you know extended above the house. But in order to fine tune, I use that in quotations, your station, you had to turn the antenna towards said station. Well, you do have me beat because that's a hassle. That was yeah. after, of course, you fiddled with the rabbit ears for a couple of minutes trying to see if you could get it to get rabbit better ears. ears. Yeah, but do, but do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? I do, yeah, okay. but I never had to do that. Well, of course, I, we I, had a two-story I, house. I, well, now, I wouldn't – I guess – I don't know. I don't remember. I'm, I'm guessing if you lived in a city that had a station, it would come in much clearer without having to adjust too much. I don't know, but I just know that if we wanted uh if we wanted NBC, I had to turn it toward the south. Yeah. <laughs> and if we if we wanted CBS, I had to go southwest to I mean southeast to east. I just remember those. People and, have no idea nowadays. I was going to say <laughs> millennials and and yeah. uh, Gen Xers that are listening, hang in there. We'll get back to the stuff that you actually know about or <laughs> recognize. And <laughs> I do remember a lot of cold Christmases where we were there. Yeah, you had to go outside and do that? Yeah, go stand mm -hmm. out there and change it. While someone's yelling. Just, That's just, good. Back, back, back a little yeah, bit. exactly. Just make sure. Anyway, all right, Steve. Uh, there, was a, there was a beautiful moment last night, ladies and gentlemen. There was. And it took place in Houston, Texas. And uh, for all Houston Astros fans, um, uh, what a great run. All yeah. the way, all the way to the World Series, and then uh, run into a red hot Atlanta Braves team, which also was having a, a little bit of a brilliant second part of the season because yes. they were not uh, they were not anywhere near getting making the playoffs at, right. at the All Star break. Right, but you may remember, folks, even if you're not a baseball fan, Major League Baseball 
cancel the All-Star game, which was supposed to be played in Atlanta this summer. Remember that? Because the Major League Baseball commissioner wanted to punish the Braves, city of Atlanta, and the state of Georgia because Georgia, through their legislature, passed a uh, voter integrity law, which basically requires for people to ID themselves properly in order to vote. That's the essence of it. It was falsely described as a racist voter suppression <laughs> voter suppression bill. Major League Baseball commissioner canceled the All-Star game after years of anticipation in the city and the state, thereby punishing the Braves and punishing a lot of businesses in Atlanta, in particular black-owned businesses. Right. And... So that that that's what happened over the summer. Uh, now, it was uh, poetic justice last night. What happened? What Steve, Steve? You take it from there, Steve. <laughs> well, last night was Game Six of the World Series, and uh, a little bit that isn't storybook about this is that they had moved the series back to to Houston. But it was the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros, and uh, the Braves won their World Series. Uh, by I think it was seven to nothing, seven uh, nothing. by a touchdown. Yeah. And uh, afterwards, of course, they always have the the series, uh, the presentation of the trophy, um, and the commissioner is the man who is supposed to hand that trophy over to the owners of the team. Well, as you mentioned, Tim, uh, the commissioner Rob Manfred is not really a a, a very popular guy. Listen, to, you're going to hear. Um, and this the, is in this is in Houston, by the way. This is in Houston, but the Braves. But there's fans, a lot of Braves fans. Braves there. fans traveled. There was a lot of them yeah. there. So you're going to hear um, them talking about this is the team. Here's the owner. Here's the GM, and they're cheering and cheering. And then listen to what happens. You won't hear. You'll hear Rob Manfred's name at the very beginning, but you won't hear it when they. But you'll know when he gets the trophy because the the reception is quite different. Cut eight. Joe, thank you very much. The Commissioner Rob Manfred is here. And let me introduce who's on the podium with us. Terry McGurk, the Chairman of the Atlanta Braves, Derek Schiller, President and CEO, Brian Snicker, the Manager and the rest of the World Champion, Atlanta Braves. After a great 2021 season and a dramatic postseason, it's my honor and pleasure to present the Commissioner's Trophy to the World Series champion, Atlanta Braves, and their CEO, Terry McGurk. And then, well, then then he held it up and they started cheering again. But, yeah, it was definitely. You know, you the, definitely the Wall the Street booze. Journal called the World Series, <laughs> excuse me, because it was between Houston, uh, Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves. Okay, so you have red states, yeah. generally speaking, in the World Series. And the Wall Street Journal called this, that World Series, Rob Manfred's Nightmare World Series. Yeah. <laughs> because nothing good, in his mind, his woke mind, nothing good could come of it. But it's funny about that particular clip you played, is those were Atlanta Brave fans in Houston who are booing when the commissioner is <laughs> holding up the trophy that their team just won when yeah. they won the World Series. Well, they're, they yeah, were, they're, they're booing the commissioner. For, yes. And I would say they're probably the Astros fans joined in yes. on that. Yeah. Because uh, Red State 
Astros yeah. fans for the most part. You know, so the, that was a beautiful moment. It was. The Atlanta Braves, you got to c- c- congratulate them for winning their second World Series ever. But did you know that in the Bobby Cox era, this is between 1995 and 2005, they won nine, uh, 11 National League East titles in a row. 11 in a row. They went to the playoffs and they lost every that time with except John for one. Schmoltz and all those guys. That was the yes. That the was one of the pitching staff. Pitcher staff yeah, there's some good teams. Oh, that was the greatest threesome ever assembled. Uh, you might I, say I'm that. About, let me finish. Yeah. And then you, and you can add your your disagreement, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I will, we will allow for that. We, we like diversity of opinion here. We're all this about is not diversity. a sports show, but <clears throat> and I say this as a St. Louis Cardinals fan. I'm just being objective here. Right. Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, and Greg Maddox were the had the longest successful run in Major League history on one team. Yeah, three pitchers. I'm talking about all of them Hall of Famers. Now, Steve, uh, go ahead uh, and 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 list your other. Well, I was going to say, and and I I I grant you uh, without question that the three pitchers that I remember from the Oakland A's of the 1980s. Barry Zito, and I'm trying to bring up the other three. I got. If you uh, can't remember them, you're wrong. I know. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it, it, that does probably follow. Oh, that's, um, that's the truism of life right there. Um, that's what Yogi Berra said. But anyway. You come yeah. to the fork in the road, Yogi you need, Berra. To, you need to take it. <laughs> it's deja vu all over again. Yeah. They were the three greatest, uh, the Atlanta Brave trio. Thank you. You'll get a raise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, can, can we go back to the – I want to – Yeah, note. if I can tell you my the funniest uh, Yogi Berra quote I heard. Uh. <laughs> That's saying something because that guy came up with some doozies. Yogi Berra, the great catcher of the Yankees back in the day. By day, I mean, what, 40s, 50s, 60s, right in there? Anyway – you know what? I didn't hear him say this. I did, somebody told me he said this, yeah. but but I have read where it's accurate. He said he was asked about, uh, you know, the Yankees. And they were going to a particular city, you know, to play another team. And they were asking him, said, uh, <clears throat> hey, uh, do you do you ever go out to, and they said the name of the restaurant in that city any longer because it's, very, it's a very popular restaurant and, Major League players were known to frequent it, frequent it. and he said, um, "No, uh, nobody goes there anymore because it's it's always full, too crowded." <laughs> <laughs> we, he said, "No, we don't go there anymore. Uh, nobody goes there anymore because it's always full." Yes. Uh, anyway, and the thing is about his comments is yeah. you knew what he was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's always too crowded to go, so right, nobody right, goes there. Right, right, But right, right. the way he always twisted right. those things up, it was right. just always hilarious. You come to the fork in the road. Take it. Take it. Take it. <laughs> go ahead, Steve. Uh, I got a list of a couple things that he said here, right? But since you have the 50 greatest, I won't give you 50 of them, uh, Yogi Berra quotes, when you come to the fork in the road, take it. You can observe a lot just by watching. <laughs> <laughs> That's it ain't good. over till it's over. I guess that's his yeah, thing. I didn't know that. You can't say Fat Lady Sings anymore. It's that's, like That's not yeah. allowed. It's like deja vu all over again. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that one. 
baseball is 90% mental and the other half is physical. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, he said, a nickel ain't worth a dime anymore. <laughs> what? A nickel ain't worth a dime anymore. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a clever mind right yeah. there to come up with those sayings. You think he was doing that on purpose or do you think he just that's just a good messed. question maybe it just came out i don't yeah. know um i think his mind worked that way or something yeah maybe, anyway yeah. <laughs> so clever, clever quips yeah so it's a, it was a good night in in houston for the atlanta braves fan congratulations to them and as a red sox fan congratulations to the houston astros you have a great team and yeah make it to the world series yeah. Always go to other people's funerals. Otherwise, they won't come to yours. <laughs> oh, These are words to live by, folks. Just telling you. Yeah. Not exactly biblical proverbs. <laughs> right. But maybe worldly uh, proverbs. Never answer an, never answer an anonymous, anonymous letter. <laughs> All right. I can't even say that. Hey, can we go back uh, just a second? I want to. Just wrap up a couple of things that I noted about the election last night. Um, you guys said that uh, there's a there's really turning of the page here, I think, for a lot of the country. They're starting to wake up to the wokeism and the radical nature of what these Democrats are doing. Some in the media and in the uh, – well, in the media we'll talk about now um, – are, are starting to recognize that. Some don't. Uh, Tim, you mentioned that it was Nicole Wallace on CNN who said that um, – that the uh, uh, that uh, that critical race theory does not exist. It, listen, in fact, to cut five. He worshipped at the altar of Donald Trump on Fox News. He flew an insurrection flag at his rallies. He did not really put much distance between himself and Donald Trump on the big lie or the deadly insurrection. I think that the the real ominous thing is that critical race theory, which isn't real turned the suburbs 15 points to the Trump insurrection endorsed Republican. Yeah, it's not real. What is she talking about? She's yeah, talking what's, about what's the Glenn insurrection Young. flag. I don't know what the insurrection flag is, unless it was a Trump flag or somebody brought to the uh, r- rally. I couldn't imagine that she was calling the American flag the insurrection flag because some, some have. But not everybody is. She's a liar. Yeah. That lady right there. What's yeah. her name? Uh, the, Nicole. Nicole Wallace. She, Glenn Youngkin, who won the... Uh, he doesn't support insurrectionism. No. no. Huh? No. And, and first of all, to say that CRT is not a real thing... She's also a lie. ...is a lie because right? it is a... There is such a thing as called critical race theory. Now, she's arguing that it's not taught in Virginia schools. We have said on this program... We're not sure how many schools it's taught in, but there are parents in Virginia who say it's taught in our schools, so that is also a lie. And I think those people on the far left in the news media know that just because the words critical race theory are not used in a school doesn't mean the ideas behind critical race theory are not being taught. Some, though, uh, in in the intelligentsia are starting to think that something is not right. Um, I'm going to play you a cut with two uh, CNN contributors. One is Van Jones. He's the one that called uh, Donald Trump's election a white lash. Right. And, and the other is David Axelrod, who was one of the movers and shakers of the uh, Obama and Clinton, I think, campaigns. And uh, um, listen to what they're kind of waking up to, to say that something isn't quite right. This is cut seven. I think that the Democrats are coming across in ways that we don't recognize. 
that are annoying and offensive um, and seem out of touch in ways that I don't think show up in our feeds when we're looking at, at, at our kind of echo chamber. The messages tend to be moralizing. It's moralizing. like it is. It, we are going to tell you. We will tell you what is right. We t- we 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 and and no connection to uh, people who work with their hands, people who work with their backs, rural voters. If you're a Democrat sitting on Capitol Hill and you're from one of these swing districts in suburban areas, are you rethinking tonight your vote on this recon- reconciliation package? Good questions. Uh, I, I tell you, one of the factors here, to his point, to, well, to his, there were two gentlemen right there commenting. First was Van Jones, the second was David Axelrod. Right, on CNN. I saw them I, when they were talking about this, by the way, because I did watch CNN a little bit last night, as I said, for entertainment purposes right. only. Um, there are uh, probably a lot of people who maybe are independents or maybe even they tend to vote Democrat who, uh, for, for whatever reasons, maybe they've been a member of a labor union or I don't know, whatever reasons, maybe they've, uh, but, but they don't, they don't subscribe to the woke garbage. Okay. <clears throat> they don't like being called racist. The country's not systemically racist. Uh, because you don't want millions of people flooding into our country illegally, like Biden and Harris are just allowing on a daily basis, not not millions daily, but cumulative since they've been in office. I mean, our, Biden and Harris have just done away, just done away with our borders. Right. It's, and it's, it's, uh, so what I'm saying is when you say something about that, these people who would maybe otherwise vote Democrat, they're going, you know what? I may be a Democrat, but I, I don't subscribe to just letting people walk into our country by the millions. Right. Uh, and then, and, and then if I say anything about it, they say, up oh, now you don't like you don't like brown people, do you? You you racist. Right. So, so and the people also, there's a reaction to this uh, whole transgendered movement where, like J.K. Rowling. The uh, uh, author of the right, Harry Potter book. and and what's the comedian Dave Chappelle recently? Yeah, yep. all they do is say, you know, there's a biological difference between men and women, and the woke crowd says, oh no, you can't say that, right? Or you're transphobic, and so these otherwise liberal people are going, no, I'm not. We're just talking about science and biology here. I'm not transphobic. Well, I'm saying. Those woke ideas are even offending a lot of independent or people you wouldn't say are religious. You know, they're just they, but they do have some common sense, and they go, "This, uh, I'm not, I'm not buying this. I'm not buying the woke stuff." Well, do you think I, I'm onto something there? Yeah, no. Listen, this is. Let me just give a warning to the Democratic Party. Please, I know I, you have their best interests at I, heart. I have right. their best interests at heart. I'm sure they're listening. Okay. Uh, oh, we're almost done. Uh, this is going to be brilliant, but it's going to be just a couple minutes long. In the '60s, dissatisfaction, anger, all that burned white hot uh, on into the early '70s. But you know what? You can't sustain outrage like that. It eventually burned out. People got exhausted with it, and the '70s finished out off by uh, people going their way. 
if the Democratic Party is not careful, they're going to think that outrage about gender pronouns and all that kind of stuff right. is going to carry them on. But you know what? At some point, people just get exhausted yeah. with it. You can't create fundamental change in this country without sound yeah. ideas. You can't just do it with Quit anger. telling me that that dude is a woman. Right. He can dress all day like he wants to. I don't care. People get tired of that. But don't tell me he's a woman. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. <clears throat>